Welcome to Figures Podcast. Today is round number two with the one and only Tyne Clark. Welcome back. We had so many technical difficulties, but we're finally here. How have you been, man? Uh, good. I've uh, been posting more like every time we talk. Uh, you always mention I, I never post and then I'm actually posting for once, literally. Right. Yeah, and then you post one time, and then 50, uh, 50 people were in my inbox and all over my YouTube channel, you got to do a collab with Tyne Clark. He's got some new info. So here we are. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, uh, everyone was uh, posting in the group too, saying, I messaged Steve, I messaged Steve, and uh, all these other people. And yeah. So. That was funny. So you already did a podcast with Dave Palombo, and, and I, I went through some of the comments, right? And I, it's like an overwhelming um, amount of positive comments like Tyne helped me with this, Tyne helped me with that, with my hair loss and my digestive issues. And it's uh, it's very good to see because I, I've, seen, I've seen some podcasts of other educators and those had overwhelmingly negative comments. Oh, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, stick, let's stick with the guys that we do like. Yeah. So what, what's new on your end, man? It's, I think it's been six months since our last uh, call and uh, you, you, you got some new info, I heard. Yeah, um, some pretty uh, groundbreaking things, which uh, you know, semi discussed with you a, a tiny bit, a little um, uh, heads up ish. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, did you want to hear? Uh, should jump right into like the the big big one. Yeah, just jump right in. Yeah, let's jump give right the people in. what they want, man. That's what All they're right. here for. Yeah. Um, so anybody who hasn't seen my little teaser videos, um, I made a video that I discovered a um, a steroid that is basically a SARM. All the benefits of a SARM. Uh, zero shutdown, but it is an actual steroid with actual steroid gains because it is a steroid. And um, yeah, to jump right into it, I'll just give it the answer before I explain. It's a uh, halo, like uh, you know, Steve. Yeah. Good old uh, flexi. Good old halo. Yeah, good old halo. Flexi mesterone <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I don't even know how to mm -hmm. pronounce it. Um, but yeah, so in the teaser video, I talked about how, um, you know, I think it's one that slipped under all of our um, our, our radar for. You know, well, I mean, it's been out since like the 60s or, or something. It's slipped yeah. under our radars, radar since the internet for like 20 plus years now. Um, and I came across the studies and they did, you know, there were six months, 12 months, 18 months. Um, I, it was studies for a very, very long time. And uh, yeah, they showed zero shutdown, uh, literally from start to finish, the LH, the FSH, the estrogen, um, I forget what else. Everything was untouched. The only thing that was touched and which was a temporary thing was the testosterone levels, which as soon as they literally stopped it, it went right back up. And that's because, you know, yeah. you you take regular uh, DECA testosterone, whatever, the pituitary goes and you're not getting the LH uh, signal to the testicles because this didn't affect LH. It was still functioning. The second the halo was out, it was like, bam, I'm signaling the, tes uh, the testicles and my testosterone. Uh, tes testicles are working so um mm -hmm. yeah we literally have now um what everybody's always wanted who are you know those people are afraid of shutdown we have finally the steroid the steroid that's powerful and works and um without the shutdown so yeah. it's a big new i can't think of the word like um avenue for people who want to who are afraid of the shutdown right so so you you know that halo testing used to be prescribed for androgen deficiency right this is probably where some of your uh you know conclusions are coming from yeah, uh, I, I can't. I think I've seen those studies in uh, mostly little uh, boys, uh, underage boys. I, yeah. can't, well, I can't remember. Was there any in men? I don't. 
remember if I see. I think so. So in Klein-Felter syndrome, there were a lot of these studies performed. Yep. I researched those. And when I did my steroids versus fertility video, I came on the si same scientific evidence you did and the same conclusion. Halo testing, I think it's like 17 studies where it's prescribed for men with, um, what is it called? Uh, Infertility? You know, yeah, sub, sub fertility. So that's a classification of anything that falls under the World Health Organization uh, standards for what is good for fertile levels. So some have low testosterone, some have low LH, some have low FSH, right? It's a group of men. And in all those studies, um, like for, for longer periods of time, up to 30 milligrams per day, yeah. which is a lot of angry sex for sure, um, now fertility parameters go up and LH and FSH levels don't go down. Now, if you do the same research on Proviron, there's 70 studies. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. I never knew there were so, so many Pro studies on that. Yeah, yeah. So Proviron also doesn't shut you down if you keep the dose low, but those those dosages went up to 150 milligrams. Because I was gonna say, but I don't. It's been forever since I researched Proviron. What mm. in the higher dose studies didn't it cause like a 50 percent shutdown? Do, do you know I'm not entirely. I'm not entirely sure. In, in most of the in most of the cases, um, fertility parameters were reduced, but you know, not yeah. to the point that it went to zero. No androgen deficiency, but fertility parameters did improve, and the successful outcome of pregnancy, right? And so getting pregnant and then not having any stillborns or you know that kind of stuff, right? All the all the mishaps that can go along. So the the, the positive outcome of a full pregnancy, uh, very very high with both halo tests and and uh, proviron. And that's just me researching the fertility stuff. But um, of course, you've went through all the all the uh, different practical applications. Yeah, I forget which one. Oh, I'm trying to remember exactly what I was looking for with it. And then I just kept going and going and going with with the references within them too. so many amazing ones. Uh, the other big one, as you know, big for my following is, um, you know, most the steroids, they don't really study hair loss. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, this one was hair safe. They're not looking for that. They don't care about that. But literally within uh, one of the halo, one or two of them, they're like zero hair loss, hair safe. So I thought oh, that wow. was really funny. So how, how old are these studies? Because I, I know that halo testing isn't as studied as it yeah. used to be. Um, I they, they were. I think I can't even remember. Some of them were the '60s. I think some of them were in the '80s. Uh, they're mm -hmm. a little bit all. I I I'd be talking out of my ass if I said I remembered like every single one of them or even half. And there were. They're all over. I don't. I don't even remember if any of them were like new, new. I probably not. You know what I mean? No. Most of the steroid, uh, the only real new steroid studies that are out there are in the case of doping. So they find some new metabolites for trimbolone or new metabolites for anivar, and then they so now it's detectable for like you know three months or two two weeks or whatever. That's the only new studies that are being performed. That's that's literally it. Uh, there were a couple of new boldenone studies in the context of uh, kidney damage, oh, but that's about it. And, and not in humans, though, right? That one? No, that's in animals. That was, I think, the, one from 2019. I know, I, I, I did like a boldenone kidney deep yeah, dive about a year ago. It's still scary. Like, no matter, I, I hate the people who will always try, you know, obviously animal studies don't always fully translate over, but it's like, mm -hmm. for the most part, like the majority of the facts, they, 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 you know, if it's causing kidney damage in almost any animal, it's likely going to, you know, affect humans yeah. too. And it, that's no, a scary so that, like, one three human studies for boldenone and kidney damage in humans but they they left out so many different things like right. what was the carrier oil what was their blood pressure and then another study showed that antioxidants like vitamin c or royal jelly taurine all these like basic antioxidants that we take anyway as bodybuilders they all 
uh, ameliorate, right, that fancy word, prevent, yeah. uh, <laughs> kidney damage um, in, in boldenone uh, or induced kidney damage. So, right, if you look at the total picture, there's there's always ways to circumvent that. Let's yeah. let's bring it back to the halo testing. So, you say that there's no potential for hair loss, at least based on the scientific evidence. No, no pituitary downregulation. What would be like the 30 milligrams halo testin obviously is not a sustainable dose. So, um, well, well I, so I've been, t I started testing it. Obviously, you know, the studies of studies, uh, you know, especially if they did a study for like one year, year and a half and so on, you know what I mean? We have that evidence there, but it was like, Hey, I still want, I still want to test it out. Right. There was a neat study where they, or there was a couple where they compared it to Anvar and they're like, basically all the, the health markers, I forget every single one that they compared, but they're like, Halo safer, halo safer. And I was like, okay, time to start testing on um uh some some clients. I was like, hey, let's test this out. Uh, you know, you want to see where your hormones are, or some of them were shut down, you know what I mean? So it was just like mm -hmm. one of the big ones is hair loss, right? That's all my hair loss guys. I'm like, look, this should be hair safe. Do you want to give it a go? And they're anal about their hair loss, so they're checking any extra shedding, and you know, <laughs> yeah. they know when they take like tests or anything shedding, like, you know, they'll see that increased uh hair count. So um yeah, um, I, I've tested in maybe about 10 clients or so, uh, some mm -hmm. uh, natural or weren't shut down beforehand. And um, yeah, so what's interesting is that even the even the liver markers were good in the studies. Um, everybody's liver markers that I tested stayed the same. And uh, oh. the one the one guy's liver markers actually improved, which kind of showing that it you know, isn't really have any effect. And that's what I thought was interesting when uh, the studies comparing it to Anvar, because I think they in depth checked the liver. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where it's like, wow. So what I think the liver, because, you know, what everybody's always said before, Halo is very damaging to the liver. Nobody yeah. ever posts a study. And what I think is Halo is so expensive is that, you know, like Anvar, we used to never be able to get real Anvar is always D-ball winnie or whatever. I think yeah. all the people that were seeing, uh, bad liver profiles on halo before weren't getting real halo like who knows could be could be super troll yeah literally who it, yeah. who knows what who knows? you know they pick pick any strong androgen it's like hey let's replace it with <laughs> this and call it halo it's way cheaper i mean if you look at the price index of, of halo testing it's one of the more expensive ones out there more expensive than pre, uh, primo yeah i i, I think because i was i was uh looking at it in a few different uh sources and trying to think if there was any uh, uh anyone that was even more expensive even uh m trend was uh uh, uh a little bit cheaper than halo and i was mm -hmm. like well shit yeah i think upjohn's got the patent on that that's the one that makes halo testing right is that upjohn I, I don't even do they, still, up... do they still prescribe it for anything i don't even I think it's still fda approved yeah, yeah i think it still is yeah, yeah interesting i did i just finished like a, an anavar oxandrolone deep dive what the, yeah. what is the best dose right based on the scientific evidence showing actually very similar things to what you're just describing there's two or three studies that show that there's no um hpta downregulation, but that's in hiv patients and elderly but LH and FSH levels were not shut down, but they did go down with maybe 15 to 30%, right? But if your LH and FSH is still five, five IUs per milliliter, then it's actually good, right? The testosterone yeah. levels were still the same. That's what I think I always notice with all the with the DHT studies, and I, I, I'm pretty sure you know this as well. It seems to be estrogen that is the more suppressive, and all, all the DHT yeah. drugs only seem to have like 50 30 some of them maybe like a 70 percent thing depending on the dose and the drugs mm -hmm. yeah uh the one study i linked 
oh, I, can't, I can't there was a study in one of my articles i think i remember that because they uh they're comparing a whole bunch of different steroids and it was like hey look the the higher estrogen ones that's like the complete shutdown almost in the other ones mm-hmm. just like uh 50 50 ish mm-hmm. yeah it's it's uh, i think at one point i'll start getting questions like steve do like a deep dive on oral only cycles and then <laughs> use the scientific evidence to show which ones are not shutting you down yeah. uh, of course we'd have to do a meta-analysis because if just because you find two studies that shows that it doesn't downregulate doesn't mean that there's not 10 studies that do show that it does downregulate. so I, I probably have to spend a good amount of time researching for that one but yeah what i saw from anavar even even going through meta-analysis you see that in most cases cholesterol stays pretty much the same liver enzymes do go up in yeah. in the majority of the cases and uh, sometimes lipids change slightly like total cholesterol stays the same but hdl goes down and ldl goes up which is to be expected yeah. from oral steroids and and that's about it and that's at, at doses up to 20 milligrams per day for months fucking months like yeah. like six six months on 20 milligrams um yeah. crazy well, so i may think to add to this i came across it was a case study though um mm-hmm. 180 i think it was milligrams a day of anavar in um uh-huh. a, a bodybuilder case study and it was something like uh eight was it like 15 kg of muscle gain and something like 12 kg of fat loss yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's what i saw in most of the studies that i investigated where i think the highest truly investigated dosage was 80 milligrams oxandrolone or at least what i was able to find in like and an actual study you, with multiple yeah, participants exactly yeah. yeah yeah at least an n of of eight or 12. Yeah. i mean usually those sample sizes are not so big and then you see a uh, body mass goes up dose dependent wise and body fat goes down dose dependent yeah. wise which uh, of course now you have a boatload of scientific evidence to use more <laughs> more milligrams <laughs> that's the worst thing ever so so what would you say with the halo testing like let's say you're natural yeah. you care about your hair and you want a little bit of androgenic or anabolic incentive it, clearly it's not androgenic if it doesn't make you lose hair right that's one of the considered androgenic side effects um what would be like a sustainable dose do you think so obviously uh based off the <sighs> The 30 milligram study, I think was six months or 12 months. I can't, I can't remember mm-hmm. on that one. Um, I, I should have re-looked up all the, all the studies because, you know, there was a moderate few, not a ton, but you know, um, um, those were basically, um, I think for, man, I don't want to make quotes that I don't remember. I think they were mm-hmm. fine for every single participant. Um, um, let me, let me look at my own fertility video. I got references. So I'll <laughs> go in the meantime, keep talking. I'll, I'll yeah. find it. Um, so I've been trialing on people, like I said, all their liver enzymes were fine. And the one improved, uh, the dosage I've been trialing on people and I made sure it was, uh, the source I suggested was tested. Cause you know, like I said, it's, it's an expensive, uh, uh, compound. And if somebody mm-hmm. thinks they're getting halo and they're not, then you can't utilize those results. Uh, but yeah, I've been testing people on 40 to 60 milligrams, a uh, couple of them, 20 to 30 who are going on kind of like a longer ish cut. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, but all the guys that uh, who did a, a bulk or a cut with the heavier dose, liver enzymes, um, everything basically fine um, across the board, except for uh, people who are already on like the LDL and stuff like that was a little skewed from before. And, you know, that's going to stay, you know. Uh, yeah, that's going to stay. Yeah, right. Okay, so I found the, the steroids for fertility. I put all the references there. So let me quickly summarize my conclusions of that uh, subfertility uh, investigation. So there's nine positive human studies. 
uh, outperformed in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s on subfertile men with various levels of pre-existing uh, multi-causal impaired fertility parameters. Um, fluoxymestrolone, so the halotestin treatment, ranged between 2 milligrams to 30 milligrams daily, like you said, for up to two years. Huh. Two years, <laughs> showing, showing significantly improved semen parameters and pregnancy outcomes. So I'll link uh, I'll link all these studies when we uh, when this podcast goes live. So this is just in the context of fertility. And let me see if I can find this two year study. Oh, that's two years on five milligrams halotestin. Let me see if I can pull up the study real quick. Uh, let's see if I can find. I'm it. having a quick look as well here. Yeah, Pub PubMed uh, investigation with <laughs> Tyan Clark. <laughs> I, I was going to see if. If during see, the live but yeah oh, we're right, not live as well <laughs> no we're not live uh let me see if they investigated luteinizing hormone in this one no it doesn't look like they investigated luteinizing hormone in this uh fertility uh, in this study yeah, what, what, I, be, what I thought was right. interesting I, I think I came across uh the well not the first the, okay there was a study where you know they because, you know, with a lot of the steroids, they'll check. Well, not a lot of them. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes there'll be a study where it's like, oh, let's ch check all hormone parameters and see what this uh, hormone messes with. And so and I came across uh, I, uh, maybe it was probably the first because it was, uh, you know, the researchers, investigators, whatever. And they're even stating in the st study, they were like, there was no absolutely zero uh, LHFSH. You know, all that was unchanged. And they're like, mm -hmm. let's have a closer look in this. And so. I forget which study that that might have been the 10 20 and 30 milligram one mm -hmm. um and and you know they even stated in it you know let's see what happens let's yeah that was the one because they're like let's put them on graded doses or like let's do 10 20 30 milligrams right and let's mm -hmm. see if that affects uh fertility lhfsh and then they did it for you know a good time period and um yeah because that was the one they wanted to see even if the dosage changed in it and it was like nope lhfsh estrogen uh fertility parameters you know semen this and that um, yeah, and it was all in change. So, you know, those researchers caught a hold of it and were like, this is interesting. What's going on, right? Let's investigate this further. So, so tight, right? Now, now you got to put it to the test yourself. You got to do your baseline butt work <laughs> and baseline semen analysis. You already have kids, so it doesn't fucking matter, right? <laughs> put it to the fucking test, man. And make a video about it. I told you like this uh, yeah. weeks ago. I said, make a video first and then you go on the podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> So that is my that is my kind of uh, end goal here because um, I, I want like I don't know 10, 20 children. I just want a shit ton of children now. Um, oh really? Okay. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it go from wanting no kids to wanting like unlimited children, and um, uh -huh. I, I just started a cycle too because I was like, oh, oh I, welcome I, back to the fucking club, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fought with myself for a very long time because. I like I was saying, I really want more children. And, um, I want them near, you know, my, my, uh, not newborn. He's almost three. It's like, I, I mm -hmm. want them near his age. And yeah. it's like, as the, the battling, no, don't do it. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, no. I need to get big for the content. I need to put on some size. So it's like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And so started a cycle, but my plan is basically probably after this one, I'm going mm -hmm. to recover and then just do the halo that that is my long-term plan you know what i mean right. if this is going to cause no shutdown i take my cycle just run the halo and you know do cycles of halo after you know after i recover mm -hmm. so right. that that is the long-term plan so what's your cycle right now i'm intrigued uh, 
<laughs> you won't be. <laughs> <laughs> what, 200 deco a week? <laughs> four, four, <laughs> close. 400 milligrams deco. And then um, I started off with 10 milligrams. I haven't used D-Bowl in forever because, you know, if you mm -hmm. can't eat, you can't grow. And D-Bowl's right. orals have always really affected my appetite. But I came across some interesting studies that I'm testing out, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so I started off at 10 milligrams orally. And then um, I just bumped it up. I'm only like a weekend anyways. And then, and then I bumped it up to uh, 25 milligrams actually. But not as good of a test because when I bumped it up to 25 milligrams, I started taking injectable D-Ball as well. So, um, yeah, so, so, so that is the cycle 400 deca in 25 D ball. And I might raise that D ball to, to 50, depending on how things go. Holy shit. So you're like on the, on the short term, uh, mega blast of 750 milligrams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that what it'd be with 25 <laughs> or 50 milligrams? 50. Yeah. 50. 50 okay. okay. Shit, man. I'm jealous. I wow. wish my wife oh, could get pregnant soon. I'm, I'm still off. I've been that, off now for like 11 months. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I was going to say to you. Uh, how's that going? Are you still off? And have you checked your levels recently? Yeah, so all my levels are fine. Like my testosterone is like 820. And uh, all the I'm using semen uh, parameters? Semen parameters are fucking stellar. Oh. I could get like an entire uh, cheerleader team <laughs> pregnant. No, really, <laughs> dude. Yeah, 500 million. 500 million per ejaculate. Five, wait, with 500 million? Okay, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The doctor's like, why the fuck is your wife not pregnant? I, was I, I thought you said 40. <laughs> <laughs> has she has she gotten uh, uh, checked? Yeah, or so uh, unfortunately, we didn't check her fertility yet. We're now going through the process of trying a couple things just to see what, gotcha. what could be the cause. But I mean, we're both 40 years old, and it's usually not the man's problem when he's 40 yeah. because fertility parameters can be increased but it's have a you, woman you know so have you had her uh, suggested her to try you know well you don't know what's maybe if she is a fertility issue like clomed all the typical female uh, yeah so I, I wouldn't we're doing this under the guidance of a fertility expert yeah. one of the best here in thailand uh he's like one of those uh, police general slash uh, doctors so he's like the, the highest ranking guy so he gave us some suggestions to try because he said my fertility parameters are great and and her ovaries look absolutely good too so yeah. he's like i don't think it's necessary to do ivf why don't you try this first so we're, we're yeah. just going through the process so step by step i think we do hcg uh stimulated ovulation first yeah then we'll try a uterine washout with saline before we actually do a uh, contrast test where they inject the radioactive dye but that's very invasive that's what he said <laughs> yeah he'd rather not do that and then what's next, uh, inter, intrauterine insemination. So they take my semen, they wash it out to remove all the pros uh, inflammatory prostaglandins. And then they inject uh, the, the good semen, basically. Yeah. And then after that will be the IVF. But everybody says, yeah, just Steve, just do IVF, bro. They don't understand that they're literally sticking yeah. a needle into <laughs> yeah. my wife's fallopian tubes. A, a decent times. size needle, too. How many yeah, times? Two, 15 times. 15, okay, yeah. Yeah, or, or, or depending on how many eggs develop. So you go yeah. through this um, clomid therapy or FSH and HCG therapy or, or maybe even estrogen and progesterone therapy, yeah. right, to kind of stimulate as many uh, eggs to mature. And she hasn't taken anything yet, right? No, she hasn't taken gotcha. anything yet so. besides the folic acid and, and decarbo-inositol and myo-inositol and, and whatever fertility supplement is, is beneficial, you know? Yeah. 
And she hasn't touched anything crazy for years. She stopped competing. She did some experience afterwards, but she's basically been, you know, a, a good girl for the last five years. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, she's 40, so it takes time. Yeah, but yeah. people don't understand how big those IVF needles are. I mean, those eggs are like almost 18 millimeters, 20 yeah. millimeters. Uh, yeah. What do you think? That's that's not an insulin syringe that goes yeah. through, dude. I, know. <laughs> I, I don't even like uh, the, the normal, typical 20, even 25 gauge, like, you know what I mean? Like... Not even a hello, and that, and this is like we stick it in her ass. This is going into the okay. vagina, yeah, through the vagina wall, into the fallopian tubes. I mean, yeah. let's let's give it some fucking time, you know. <laughs> I, I I'll I'll stay off for two years yeah. if I don't have to get make my wife go through that shit, you know. You could try the halo. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah so that's so a lot of guys have been telling me like dude you can get her pregnant if you mm -hmm. go on a gram of test or maybe you should do a go on 30 milligrams of halo and if my fertility parameters were shit i would actually yeah. consider it yeah, but yeah. My, fer my fertility parameters are good man yeah yeah my doctor was like freeze it so i, I froze like 10 samples already gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah it's a lot of masturbation in the fucking hospital <laughs> I feel like that'd be nerve wracking in and of itself, knowing you have to do, uh, you have to do this for not a, a different purpose, right? You're like not yeah. doing it for the direct purpose. You're doing it for an it's indirect a job purpose. It's yeah, a literally. Job. Yeah. I feel like it'd be difficult to even finish. So that's, yeah. Yeah, no, I can, I can always finish it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still an old, a dirty old man, man. Dirty old man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so with the, so for you, like if you just started a week or two ago, your fertility parameters would still be good. So if you want to put one in the oven, you <laughs> actually have the next two months to do it because all the semen that, that you're going to ejaculate has already been produced. They wouldn't be good because three-ish months ago, mm -hmm. I did... Uh, uh, two or three months ago, I started uh, an NPP cycle, got sick, ended after two weeks. And then it was like three plus months before that, I mm -hmm. also did again another short NPP cycle, came off, whatever. But I, I did start to actually, before I started this one, for the couple months in between there, I did mm -hmm. start a little HCG and HMG. When I started, my hair started uh, shedding insanely bad on the HCG. And I was yeah. like, I, I kept taking it for a few months. And I was just like, oh, man, I can't, you know what I mean? I can't keep um, doing this. So my plan is to just go to my tried, true, and tested hair safe Clomid option after this. And even though it has some shitty sides in and of itself, but it's better than me going bald, basically. Yeah. Just what, what, what I don't like about Clomid monotherapy is all the clotting risks. Right, and the reduction of IGF-1. So, because I always get questions, what about clomid monotherapy or yeah. enclomiphene monotherapy? And with enclomiphene, the scientific evidence is very thin. It's like 100 studies or less. But with clomid, I mean, you know, people always bitch about aromatized inhibitors, but I think clomid is way worse. And if you have to use it for a PCT, okay, fine, four weeks, six weeks. But long-term, I'm not a big fan, man. Well, that's the same thing, long-term. I, I won't be using it long-term. Um, I'm going to blast it short term, couple weeks ish. Because I've had success with that before. Um, the funny thing to add to that when you mentioned aromatized inhibitors, um, mm -hmm. our midadex. So again, you, you know, there's so many items that can have um, some nasty side effects, but then they'll be safe on the cosmetic uh, area. Um, yeah. Our midadex. That is uh, where I had my son. Actually, I was on. I came off whatever, and then I was on that for like uh, three ish months, and then bam, mm -hmm. that is when uh, my son was born with just uh, just the our midadex. So. 
Yeah, so you yeah. brought your estrogen down so you don't have so much negative feedback and yeah. then LH and FSH levels went up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, yeah, it was makes sense. breezy. It was pretty, it was very easy going actually, like extremely. So um, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that, so I'll probably try and I'll attempt to do some sort of a kickstart with the Clomed and then just mm -hmm. go on the Armitidex is my plan. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And again, keep in mind that most of the really nasty negative effects of uh, aromatized inhibitors, it's all in the context of, uh, postmenopausal women suffering from breast yeah. cancer, right? So you, they already are estrogen deficient because yeah. they just went through menopause and then they bring their estrogen down to zero. So when you look at the side effects, like uh, aromatized inhibitors versus low, low estrogen, it's, it's, it's the same. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Right? And I, then, oh, look at all these side effects of aromatized inhibitors. No, you stupid fuck. I, I always say that this to people. This is where too. your estrogen is zero. It, it's so funny. Um, I, when I'll say that to people, I'm like, Okay, look at bone loss, look at heart disease. It, it's so easy. Men with just even uh, a minor bit, um, I forget the range, uh, their estrogen is a little bit lower, had like a 200% increase of heart disease. Men with estrogen super high. Oh no, low was 300% and high was 200 I can't remember either way. But yeah, all those side effects is the low estrogen. I'm sure there might be some marked issues with maybe the compound in general that maybe we do know or not know, but like all the side effects everybody's worrying about, it's for every aromatized inhibitor, all low estrogen and it's, yeah. I hate the bad rep that um, aromatized inhibitors get basically from the TRT community, right? That's been like the big- Yeah, and then of course, you know, me, Derek, and a couple other people, we introduced the concept that primabolin or boldenone or mastodon can be aromatized inhibitors and Dr. Dean St. Mart from the UK agrees with this practice. And then people say, okay, well, we'll use primabolin then as an aromatized inhibitor. But if you're inhibiting aromatized enzymes with primabolin, isn't that just as bad as inhibiting the aromatized enzyme with an aromatized <laughs> inhibitor, like Arimidex or aromacin, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, if you're going to use drugs, some side effects are meant to be expected, you know? There's yeah. a trade-off there. There's a trade-off yeah. there. Yeah. Quick thing, yeah. actually, to add to this, um, so I recently tried it, tried in clomiphene. I was like, mm -hmm. hey, let's give it a go. And, and uh, I had a few others test it too. And um, this was from the ph uh, pharmacy, as well, uh, you know, actual pharmacy. Mm -hmm. um, literally one of the worst, um, even though you, you might not care, um, but one of the worst um, ha hair loss drugs, definitely that I've taken in the people who are hair loss prone and tried it. Very, oh, very interesting. Okay. Yeah, because Clomid, completely fine. And clomiphene within days, it was just like clumps and I could see the hair thinning as well. And that's what basically everyone else reported. So do you yeah. think that it, that that has to do with the zooclomiphene then that zooclomiphene potentiates some sort of hair preserving effect or blocking uh, the enclomiphene stereoisomer from potentiating hair loss? Like that's what, the, what do you think is going that's on? That's the there? only thing I could think of is exactly what you said is that the other, uh, you know, form in there of uh, the clomid is somehow it's protecting blocking something you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. it blocking something or something that's the only thing i can think of like there's no real other you know possibility it's got to be blocking it's got to be yeah it's got to be blocking right because of course you got estrogen mediated collagen synthesis and probably keratin production as well and it's same with progesterone right progesterone can also initiate some collagen synthesis but it, it would block then at least the estrogen receptor to the point you just get shedding it's weird it, it, so yeah. halo testing is hair loss approved or hair safe <laughs> and enclomiphene is not what a, very not yeah. welcome to 2020 fucking four <laughs> the what would you call this uh the real world uh i don't know yeah. dad on hair loss i guess
Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, the scientific evidence only goes so far. So we need yeah. guys to run the fucking experiments. Yeah, no, no scientists are out there caring if this androgen is gonna or this uh, fertility drug is, you know, worse on hair loss, right? Like, they're not gonna waste their there's no money in that, right? Like, no, yeah, no. That's what that's what the, the clinics are for, and then you go to Turkey and do your hair, tra hair transplant. <laughs> you know, get that get that fixed, and they, they would rather have you use as much enclomiphene as possible so you can come back a couple of years later. <laughs> big, big pharma is tied in with uh, the hair transplant clinic. Would you would you ever accept like a free hair transplant from Turkey? <clears throat> so back before my uh, hair loss was bad, I, the the reason I never considered it. Is I don't know, I had this weird thing about me where it's like, um, you know, even if you have an amazing surgeon, I would just feel weird that my hairline isn't my natural hairline. Even if, I don't know, they perfectly semi-match it up or something like that, I would just feel weird knowing, no, I'd rather regrow and have however my natural hairline works. And then, um, you know, sometimes I like to fade the back of my hair, like really, really short, like skin fade, right? Yeah, it's right. like, mm -hmm. even if you did the um, FUE, it's like, I wouldn't want those little scars. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just right. always been out of the, um, you know, out of the Yeah, you might, you might not be an expert anymore because even Ty and Clark had to do an, an hair loss trans or a hair transplant you know that's, <laughs> yeah that's, that's yeah true, that's and once true, you yeah. do that and most people yeah. figure out and then you're no longer the go-to guy unfortunately it, and my hair is actually i'll show it in a second the camera mm -hmm. might not be able to pick it up but like i said i recently just ran um uh hcg and hmg but i did the hmg solo and i didn't notice any effect on the hair but it was just when i mm -hmm. had the hcg and that's thin the shit out of my hair so i'm actually having to go back on my protocol and re regrow up again. I'm not sure if you're going to be maybe the light. Can you see anything? I see a little hole there. Yeah. Back here. Yeah. In yeah. the good light, you can see it's also thinning a decent bit here, not just air. So uh -huh. like in bright light, it's thin uh, uh, enough to notice. So yeah. So yeah. I got to recover again. Well, you know, where where all roads lead, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> when you grow your hair out it it looks extremely uh thick it's uh, fucking thick yeah. dude it's a cruel joke of nature because i don't give a shit and i would gladly donate all the hair off my scalp to you or derek <laughs> really you can do like a do like a hair hair off not face off but hair yeah, off yeah, and i'll send you this part yeah. and then and then i'll I'll just use like a skin segment from my back or something so i never have to trim it because i trim it four times a week it's <laughs> fucking annoying yeah it's four times annoying. a week that yeah that's excessive um I, I just actually remember something when you said that they have um something similar when they want to lower people's hairlines they take um mm -hmm. a section out of this uh, in front of your like forehead the scalp and they bring your yeah. hairline down by doing it that way yeah yeah <laughs> it's just your normal plastic surgery right where they yeah. move the chin sideways and then you're shaving here behind yeah. your neck or behind your ear yeah that's it's it's so weird dude yeah so you 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 also find some studies about the difference between testosterone propionate and inotate and and regarding nitrogen retention something like that i've always tried to look for those studies but i could never find them i heard I, people talk about this in the yeah. grapevine i could never fucking find them there is i've only ever seen one other person i maybe same person i don't know. anyways you can find online people talking about the same thing whether it be like oh, um, the long Easter had more nitrogen retention. Great. We, we know what that means. And sometimes it doesn't translate. I did again, my rabbit hole searching, just digging and digging and found all those good, like older studies. And it, mm -hmm. what's cool about the older studies, I feel like for some reason, those researchers were 
maybe obsessed with muscles because they're like so orientated towards muscle growth. And I, I'm reading, I'm loving this. I'm like, you guys are looking at the right stuff. Like keep, yeah. you know, keep doing this stuff. Well, obviously not now they're probably all dead. Um, but yeah, so I found some amazing studies. I should, I should link them to you after they're really Please. freaking cool. So, um, yeah, so one, the shorter the Easter, even if they matched it, so they did things like where they had uh, the base and then the short Easter's versus the long Easter's and they would even do the base or the short Easter's to match it like every four hours or something like that to match kind of like a stable blood levels. And no matter what, the longer Easter had double or near double the nitrogen retention. Then I found another study, uh, same deal. Here's the really, really cool part. They killed the animals after and actually like weighed it and, you know, biopsy, whatever, the actual uh, muscles. And the muscles were actually two, 2.5 to upwards to three times larger from the long Easter's with dose matched, all of that stuff. And it's funny because you've always heard people say, oh, I feel like long Easter's are better for bulking. I just feel like I grow better off the long Easter's. And it's like, it looks like there actually is flat out science to this. Um, and then the other thing, which I think some people know, uh, the long Easter's had more uh, estrogen conversion and uh, the, the short Easter's it seemed even if it didn't have more DHT production, they were just more androgenic on those secondary uh, uh, sex characteristic tissues, prostate right. and so mm -hmm. on. And it was really neat. So um, uh, yeah, so the the testosterone decanate Easter, literally on those secondary uh, sex care uh, tissues, it was literally the same line at the same level. It was as androgenic as nandrolone de decanate, which was just oh, like- Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. I, and this goes into uh, the hair loss, the hair loss thing, uh, uh, which we were discussing. That um, uh, I guess I'll just say that you know uh, we we talked about the hair safe TRT. T mm -hmm. Should I go into that now? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah I guess since we're, since we're talking about since it's literally the same study. Um, yeah, so I found a way because you know a lot of guys who uh, are hair loss prone, even TRT will screw them. They're all using enanthe sip and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so when I seen the testosterone decanate was the same androgenic activity as a uh, nandrolone decanate, I'm like, you know what, like this might be hair safe, like Deca is. And um, yeah, I've tested on a, a dozen clients now where, um, you know, we took it in, uh, sorry, uh, put the test deck in, uh, took it out, put their test E or test uh, sit back in, bam, fully hair safe. They add the other one back in, you know, wait a few weeks, whatever, they start shedding again. So um, yeah, TRT, oh, okay. TRT and test blasting use the longer easters it's been fully hair safe so, so, th so this is only testosterone decanoate right the the bayer test or the bayer nebido one does did you check this with different carrier oils like mct oil or castor oil because of course those you know modify the absorption and the half-life also quite a bit so uh the good thing can't so there's a few studies on this like it's like it's all the nitrogen retention and then uh the androgenic activity um Oh my, I, I'm going to show you this. I can't, I, I hate saying things when I, you mm -hmm. know, I read them like it's been a while, like months and months ago since, or a year ago, actually now, probably since I read them. So I, I hate saying things and it's like, oh shit, no, it was actually this or that. Oh, but, that's right. uh, oh I'm trying to remember exactly. I want to say something like, um, they were making their own preparations. I yeah, want to okay. say that. Um, but again, there's multiple studies and it might be confusing some because I'm pretty sure this one, they're making their own preparations because they tested like every, uh, Esther known to man. 
it was like ones I never even heard uh, heard of. You know what I mean? Some I have like Laura Tate, I think it is, or Laura. Something. Yeah, Laura. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They test. They then they tested a whole bunch of ones. I was like, I don't even know. Like, you know what I mean? These ones. So I, I'm pretty sure that it was they were preparing them and kind of making their own whatever little. Yeah, they probably wanted to you know remove the variable of the carrier oil because I just did a whole carrier oil deep dive and a ester deep dive, and I I searched for months for this or weeks. <laughs> For this study regarding the nitrogen retention, because I heard people talk about, it. I couldn't fucking find it, so I didn't include it in the deep dive, which I would would have loved to. Yeah. Um. So I mostly made it about how much active pharmaceutical ingredient you get for the ester, right? Because ester is a certain percentage. So to backtrack that, you see that the half life of certain drugs is altered by the carrier oil, which also should play into the androgenicity and how it converts into dihydrotestosterone and estradiol. So I came to the conclusion that Bayer testofirin, testosterone anethate in castor oil, or Bayer nebido, testosterone decanoate in castor oil, is probably the best way for the most serum, the best serum concentrations. Castor oil is not inflammatory. And I do know that the hair loss community uses castor oil yeah. as a hair loss aid. So this, you know, I, I told Derek this years ago, I said, do you think that because I only use castor oil injections, Bayer Primo, Bayer testofirin, that I just don't get any hair loss because the cat I inject so much castor oil in, in right subcutaneously yeah. or intramuscularly that it literally prevents me from hair loss while I use steroids. <laughs> that that <laughs> would make sense to me. Yeah, it would make sense to me. I mean, it's a hair loss aid after all. We semi have an answer to that actually, uh, and part of the the, the study. Um, yeah, you know what's funny when you mentioned the uh, the study aspect is like, I'm sure this has happened to you before. Sometimes it. I never used to save studies because I would remember what I need to remember. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, I mm -hmm. can always, I can just search it again and I'll find it. And you think that, and when it'd be like a really hard study, I've spent sometimes months looking for, you know, that same study again. And like, yeah. it's the, the, actually the nitrogen retention study funny enough. Um, cause I read it about probably two years ago and then I couldn't find it when I was, I was thinking, Oh, I'm going to do a video on it. And I remember I messaged it to people, um, you yeah. know, when, when <laughs> I found the studies, so, but I didn't link them the studies. So I'm messaging these people. I'm like, please, can you help me in our conversation? Fine. When I mention this, what keywords I said, I said something about nitrogen and this and that. I'm asking them to search in my search because if I find the date I told you about it, I can look in my history and like somehow find right. it. And that's when I did refine them. Um, but yeah, so where I was going about this, about the uh, androgenic activity and the esters, you know, um, uh, more estrogenic, hair less loss. androgenic. Mm -hmm. So what did they do? Oh yeah, it was with the base, and then I think the short easters. They're testing like test and deca, so like test prop, MPP, deca base, and so on. Um, so here, here's a really interesting thing. Um, yeah. So again, I can't remember if the if they were making, sorry, their own preparations, but no matter what, it it was actually uh uh an upward trend linearly with uh, the shorter Easter's being more androgenic. Cause here's the thing, even when they took uh, the test base or nandrolone base and they were doing it like every few hours and they match the same, like uh, uh, I forget what they turned, they match the same like breakdown half-life, whatever. So, you know, the stableness of the serum levels or what's in your system. Um, and no matter what those shorter Easter's were, had double the androgenic activity example on uh prostate and seminal vessels and stuff like that and yeah. they couldn't match the lower uh androgenic uh activity of the longer easters like no matter what like the lesser level so uh, that i thought that was very interesting so it seemed like no matter what 
those short esters, no matter how much you try and match it, it won't match the um, the longer esters with the androgenic activity. But ah, okay, yeah, they almost match, not fully. Um, they almost match the nitrogen retention, almost, but not, but not fully. But it didn't translate over into the muscle growth. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna link you those studies after because again, Please. I. Yeah, it's been like you gotta cite everything nowadays, otherwise people go nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like I started ci using citations on all of my videos, and so people oh, really? really like that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like I did a BPC one five seven deep dive. It's like twenty citations, and then the fertility, fertility one, dude. That's like, that's like two hundred citations. Oh yeah, I stopped. Yeah, but people appreciate it, you know. All the all the nerds appreciate that yeah. stuff. <laughs> I but I stopped citing it, and people be like, "Oh, get an editor, get an editor," and it's like, look. This editor isn't going to, the main man work is going to be me finding those goddamn studies again and him having an editor just popped up. It's like, look, no editor is going to find these studies. Just like, you know, how sometimes you, you couldn't find them. Like it takes so much, just like keyword searching this and that. And like, you just pray that yeah. it's going to pop up, you know? It's the same I, for the for the Anavar deep dive. I wanted to see because in the Anabolics 11th edition and all the previous ones, uh, William Levelin he mentions that Oxandrolone is metabolism resistant from the okay. oxygen at the C2 position or C3 position. Uh, and it's metabolism resistant in the 3-alpha or 3-17-hydroxysteroidehydrogenase enzymes. So I'm like, sounds fucking cool. Let me yeah. find some scientific evidence. Three fucking days, couldn't find it. <laughs> not in the citations of Anabolics 11th edition <laughs> and not anywhere else. You know, you look for 3A HSD, 317 or yeah. 3B, 17b hsd yeah. and oxandrolone and anovar and oxandrin and and you know whatever yeah. chemical i just can't fucking find it and then after three haze on pubmed and science direct you come home empty-handed yeah like wow i could have done so much more with my time you know i I, <laughs> I the other thing i wish is lately like i said i've been saving the studies but i'll yeah. save them as the title and sometimes the title doesn't have you know, the drug in it or even anything kind of in relation to it. And I wish I started saving my studies like Anavar, this, you know, just like the stupidest yeah. point form. So I could be like, oh yeah, just quickly search it and find it. And it's, yeah. Do it, do it, do it. Because if you're, if you're going to make some more content, you know, people nowadays, plus, plus with the limitations of YouTube, you know, how to yeah. look at drug content, you just got to have it evidence-based. Otherwise they might, you know, take you down. Uh, so, it yeah. sucks. Yeah, it sucks. So, so I, I, I put the citations everywhere and I just put them in the comment section. It's, it's, yeah, it's still better than, you know, writing text and then have a citation and then you click yeah. the link and then it's down below. Oh, I, I hate fucking exhausting. I understand you're making content and, you know, uh, giving the content to the people. When somebody asks nicely, like, Hey man, could you post a study or whatever? I absolutely hate when somebody comes at you rude with it. You know what I mean? Like I can't think of turn. They'd be so rude with the way they say it. And it's like, dude, like, you know what I mean? Thanks for watching my content, but like, come on, just ask me nicely. You know what I mean? They'd yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. they expect you just like, here, let me give you everything. It's like, I don't have to post anything. Like, at least be nice about it. Just ask nicely, man. People, people don't do research themselves. So they want everything easy. But if you give it, if you spoon feed them, they'll come back for more. And that's yeah. why my channel is growing. Yeah. I just spoon feed all these people. I love <laughs> you. I love you guys. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Uh. <laughs> don't forget to like you fucking assholes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, subscribe to ty and clark's link link down below appreciate it <laughs> so uh, with uh so the longer esters potentiate more muscle growth and nitrogen retention and the shorter esters potentiate more androgenic activity do you think 
this plays out anecdotally as well. Of course, you know, in during the off season, most guys would run with longer estimates, but then during a cutting season where you want some of this androgenetic uh, activity, right? And of course, yeah. androgenicity has been the, uh, based on on the ventral prostate and the seminal vesicles, and and some parts of your penis and the newer <laughs> Hirschberger. Yeah, in the newer Hirschberger bioassays, it's part of the penis as well. That's good um, to add. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't include like the 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 one that swells up with the blood. I, the I debunked the anabolic to androgenic rating. Also, yeah, I can't yeah, even pronounce the name. Corpus carvernosis, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know. It's, A useless it's name. To, that we don't yeah. need to remember. <laughs> yeah, the shaft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the shaft. <laughs> so anyway, so the, the new Hirschberger bioassays, they, they included all those uh, extra organs, but the androgenicity, which we care about, is acne, hair loss, gyno, right? But that's a feminizing effect. Um, you know, it's differences in skin texture. So every time we say androgenicity, we also expect some changes to our skin and the hair, and, but in reality, it's only based on this, these sexual organs. So... Anecdotally, we see with shorter esters that be people get more of an androgenic effect, which is somewhat wanted during contest prep because it makes you look more manly, harder, denser, fuller, right? All these, all these little traits that you simply don't get from animalism, um, making you look better ultimately. So, is this, is this basically a conclusion we can draw then from this these studies that you've read? That's what it seems like. And with um, kind of like we're just this, uh, talking there, the real uh, world application, right? That's what so many people report, right? And same with, as I mentioned, like you've always heard, I feel like I grow better on long Easter's and I feel more mm -hmm. like I cut it better on short Easter's and people would always just bring it down to water retention. But it's like, no, it seems like you know, we the studies there, it seems like we have the merit to it. It's not just you're holding more water on the long Easter's. You are actually acquiring more tissue. So... Yeah. So then I personally have always semi felt that way. Whenever I do DECA, I just felt like I felt like I was growing more. And that's what I've uh, ever since I found those studies, I'll, I'll tell my clients this too. I'm like, look, uh, DECA seems to provide more fullness, more muscle growth. And uh, NPP seems like it. And, and I always said this NPP was almost like trend without the tr typical trend side effects. It was just harder, yeah. more, mm -hmm. more, more leaner. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's just with the same injection frequency and and you know everything else the same obviously yeah yeah it will, yeah well mat matching right like uh, in yeah. the studies right? they chat I I forget exactly you know the, the base was like every four hours or something versus you know in oh that's it, more than most bodybuilders would do I mean I right? inject a lot but that every four hours a steroid <laughs> yeah. shot hell no I wouldn't yeah, even and, do that for suspension <laughs> yeah they said something like they were trying to match hitting it hitting an injection within every uh half-life so you know test prop was like 0 0.8 of a day so they were trying to do it like within 0.4 or something like that for that okay. as well that's that's pretty interesting yeah if you can find those studies man let me know because i would love to read them and uh, i might have to do an addendum for the for the steroid ester deep dive i can find those studies because yeah after i lost them the first time i'm like i'm not losing these again they're because they're they're gold ones. It's like no, I'm just but are, are these are these included in the uh, Kion, uh book? That's like seven hundred pages where they go through the anabolic to androgenic disassociation and all the animal studies performed up until like nineteen seventy six. I do Is not that the one. I do not think so. Um, mm -hmm. Trying to remember why. So as I was finding it, because you know I always. Yeah, it looks like there was their standalone papers because I remember because even as I was searching, you know, I'm trying every keyword and this and that mm -hmm. in it. And these seem to all be just like standalone papers. I couldn't find them referenced in anywhere else. It just seemed like their own standalone thing. And they all had some 
some really freaking amazing you'll like these uh the, the references in them like all mm -hmm. the references to all sorts of different um areas like muscle growth and this and that it was yeah, yeah mm -hmm. there was great studies uh, you, you'll, you're over enjoy. man I, fu yeah. I fucking need this shit yeah i fucking that, need to study i've been uh, searching for decades <laughs> but you've been searching for decades for the ones people mention on just the nitrogen retention this is yeah. that then more and then you know actual muscle growth it's yeah it's oh man beautiful don't, don't hold it hostage okay <laughs> unlike unlike some people we know hold the scientific <laughs> evidence hostage so um, you can't read it yourself <laughs> uh mr v <laughs> mr yeah, v yeah v b m <laughs> you, you know he's i don't i don't know why he picks me so much because i barely ha like you know i never he post picks everybody dude he's, he's he's on the he's on the uh, his way out i have no following though my following so little because i don't post any and people message me all the time he's posting about me I'm, I'm just thinking like dude i don't have a following like what why are you you know what i mean it's like what are you getting from, from mentioning me uh, most people don't know about me and i just there's something off you know yeah oh, oh for sure he went yeah. after dave mcconey too uh, the, yeah, but, the guy it's just he's natural he doesn't even talk about steroids but he actually has a following doesn't he yeah it's about 10 000, 12 000 subscribers <laughs> weekly podcast it's yeah it's insane it's insane it's like one of those those uh, mosquitoes it just keeps buzzing and, yeah, away. and then five minutes later he's back uh, and he's just whipping away and yeah at one, yeah. At one point we'll get a big fucking fly zapper <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh the old the own the only educator in this realm is who he yeah, is the only evidence-based educator <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> good fucking job <laughs> so oh, hey, you found also some evidence about the the short acting and the fast acting insulin what was that all about yeah this is uh, there were all, i can't remember I, I i was talking to you about this there was a couple of them and i cannot remember so because there, there's some really great ones um mm -hmm. so this was really amazing on instant okay now i semi-remembered um they're testing muscle growth and, and fat gain and fat loss in insulin, like mm -hmm. actually their main priority, really freaking cool. So they took the same insulin, uh, same mm -hmm. rapid insulin. Oh, well, I can't remember which one it was now. I, I should have relooked them up again. When you remember mm -hmm. most of it, you're forget the yeah, little yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, they did either a bolus shot, um, example, you know, 10 IU for, uh, 10 IU per meal or whatever, three times a day, something like that. And then they broke up that 10 IU and did it something like, uh can't remember maybe it was within three shots broken up whatever but it was just broken up the same dose but just uh not all at once you had your bolus shot mm -hmm. and your broken up shot and the bolus shot had um make make up some numbers example okay they had muscle gain and fat gain and the yeah. broken up shots had more muscle gain and fat loss so not even less fat gain they literally had fat loss with more muscle gain literally changes the whole way we use insulin. Like it, why would you ever use insulin in a way now that is going to cause fat gain with modest muscle gain versus mm -hmm. more muscle gain in, um, um, a fat loss actually. Right. So, 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 but this is all for rapid acting insulin. So, so did, this doesn't hold true for something like a long acting, like Lantus or a Pedra or, or something like that. Well, cause those this, are good for basal insulin levels. This is where I was also going. I remember the other study with it too. They were uh, comparing um, equal dosages again, split up, but the the ball the bolus injection is not the way I was saying. So you know, like ten IU three times a day versus uh, thirty IU Lantus and whatever equal you know level their BG whatever like that. Mm -hmm. So this is why I get the more muscle gain, no matter what, every single time. And there was different studies, and I believe testing 
different long actings, different studies versus different uh, rapid ones. And no matter what, every single time, the long acting insulins, way more muscle growth every single time. And that is something I've always told to people, but I wasn't sure if it was fullness or muscle growth. I'm like, hey, if we're going to use insulin, uh, Lantis, Lantis, I feel like is way more fullness, this and that. And so, you know, now there is a science to where, hey, nope, the long acting, no matter what is actually going to, it is providing more muscle growth. Yeah, and I agree with that because it seems that there's some scientific evidence with Lantus that it, it potentiates the highest IGF-1 production as well, where IGF-1 levels are slightly higher compared to the other insulins, which is a self-regulating uh, benefit because it, IGF-1 increases insulin sensitivity. So that means you don't use so much Lantus, but insulin sensitivity is improved. So you, you know, all the insulin that is present and the IGF-1 in that matter is all going to skeletal muscle. And this is why I always liked Lantus because you don't need much, 20, 20 IOs, 30 IOs, depending on how many carbs you eat. And then, you know, a small shot of insulin around the workout that usually gets a job done while staying lean. You know, what's uh, crazy about this? Don't remember the exact levels. Uh, you probably read this because, you know, as you know, it raised IGF-1, but you probably forget the exact details too, because I haven't yeah. read this mm -hmm. one in years. Yeah. But it was 20 or 30 IU, kind of like you were saying, and it doubled mm -hmm. the, I, the IGF-1 levels. And that's, yeah, it was quite dramatic compared to the other ones. It's crazy. Like, especially this is for... why you and me are, and we know we've been knowing about this for ten years. Yeah, right, since the GH fifteen days. Yeah. So this is why I've always been high on Lantus, and you've been high on Lantus. Yeah. Uh, but it, it it does also make sense to have like smaller dosages of, of fast acting insulin throughout the day, and I I know some pros who do that. They have their basal insulin, twenty five IUs, and then maybe two three four IUs of, of rapid acting or fast acting insulin with meals to kind of complement it. And guess what? Full as a house and lean as fuck. And, and that's actually most of the times, you know, some people don't want to pin most. I have my big insulin article on my site and that's literally basically what I suggest. It's like, hey, use your maximal Lantus dose. And for anybody watching, uh, like Steve said, your maximal isn't as much as you can take. Your maximal is how much your body needs, not just yeah. go ahead and shoot 300 IU or something. Um, and then same thing. So it's like you get your BG in check with your uh, your basal, and then you have whatever bolus you need, which for most people always finds ends up being like who knows four or five IU with the Lantus. You know, obviously that's I'm not suggesting that that's what people. No, see, it's you know, just general general BG, advice. Yeah. But people are still going to run with it. They're still going to run with it. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I like a couple IUs, and I I used to do this myself. You know, maybe two or three meals, small insulin shot, and then a long acting insulin. Or sometimes I would split it up. So you take twenty IUs in the morning, and maybe five to seven before bed. You know, depending on how many carbohydrates I would have before bed to kind of split it up and have a little bit more stable peak. Because even though they say that Atlantis doesn't peak, I do feel that there's more of an immediate response or regarding blood glucose management. Uh, within the first 12 to 14 hours. And then, yeah. of course, I would check my blood glucose levels, you know, uh, before every meal, pre-workout, post-workout, before bed, upon waking, after fasted cardio. And I feel that, you know, as your carbohydrate intake increases, it might be better to split up the Lantus dose to kind of cover yourself at night because at night you have a growth hormone pulse and that, you know, might offset the insulin uh, sensitivity a little bit. So, I mean, there's so many protocols to run. What's well, funny... Uh, uh, when you ask me about uh, my cycle too, uh, I almost mm -hmm. always run insulin. And the reason I'm not on insulin this time, because last time I came on your podcast, um, I was on MK and some insulin and no matter what, insulin's going to add a little bit of bloat. It's yeah, like, uh -huh. I got these podcasts lined up. I'm not coming on bloated again. And <laughs> and then I started the D-ball. And when I increased the D-ball, 
you know, I wanted to have like, you know, a healthy, whatever, leanest looking face and I started the D ball. And then it only hit me like a couple of days ago. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm, I, the D ball's hitting me again. It's like, I might as well just have started the Atlantic because that's literally as soon as I'm done, this podcast is, you know, you're my, my big podcast here. It's like, I'm the mm-hmm. insulin's in as soon as I'm done. This. <laughs> so are you going to do like a short six week stint or are you going to do it longer this time? So. <laughs> what's funny uh because i just did the podcast with niall right yeah and he was like he's like oh man he's like i want uh you and steve to talk more about uh the long versus short cycles and he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. he was so adamant on that um so it's funny that because i was just thinking uh, about that uh before you mentioned that and i wanted mm-hmm. to toss this in here uh because you know my research and what i believe and, and, and all that stuff with the short uh, cycles but i wanted to add especially as more and more time goes on and due to a specific few clients that I have, I think one of the biggest things for uh, long cycles, and I could see this with a lot of people, is that as soon as somebody comes off, is a lot of people, their motivation, or even go on a cruise, their motivation is out the freaking window. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're on yeah. a cl- cruise. Let, let's lean up a little bit. Let's do this. Oh, man, I'm falling off the dial. Oh, I'm missing work because I'm doing this. And they're reverting. It's terrible. They're gaining. It's terrible, <laughs> yeah. And so it made it, I started thinking, it's like, you know what? There are certain people out there where it's like, it's like, look, buddy, I think you actually just need to run a long cycle because you keep just totally fucking everything up. And I had this one long term client. It's funny when he watches it. I think he's one of the main people I'm talking about and he's probably going to know who I'm talking about. So just got to keep um, him on. No, I, I know exactly this, you know, and then you he structure your workouts it. and caloric intake a little bit to match the short cycles because yeah. a six week to eight week phase, I'm not against, right? But I, I, I never really liked the fluctuations and of course, tapering nandrolone, decanoate or testosterone inotate, it takes weeks. Yeah. So this is one of the reasons why I never really believed in it. And I like to ramp up the dose just slowly. I'll, I'll release more videos about those ideas later on this week or next week um where you just make adjustments as as the body stalls now there are myostatin inhibitors nowadays have you looked into those i i stopped looking into them back when you know like 15 20 years ago probably yeah because i was really young you know when all of them came out like the fall of stand and this and that and who knows if it was because you know this is the internet was kind of fresh with bodybuilding and online drugs and all that crap and you know everybody's taking this and that and high doses and nobody was just seeing anything so i gave up basically you know what i mean kind of looking into them it's like and you know they, they work obviously you know especially they keep coming out with new ones right i'm pretty sure every yeah. few mm-hmm. years keep seeing new ones and it was just like yeah i feel like now people are maybe getting more real product you know the game has changed a decent bit right but i basically fully just like i i checked out of it because it was just like you know we know steroids work we know you know gh insulin and all that stuff and it's like look most people just need this go ahead and use this whatever but you know what i mean you know there's a lot of little beneficial little things like that absolutely that um but i just haven't even bothered i was like seeing what the other ones did which were probably fake and it was just like I haven't checked back in basically into, into all right. All right. I wanted to bring up the statin stuff because I, I think that's one of the reasons why you preferred f- short cycles, right? Because some scientific evidence shows that myostatin levels go up and then gains start to stall. Used to Is that be. the used to be. Okay. So used you've changed be. your mind. Also. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, I still want to know though, like 
if if you feel that myostatin or used to feel that myostatin was one of the pre-inhibitory factors and what has changed in your philosophy since then <clears throat> so that was very very long ago that was probably like i don't even know many many years ago that was the original because mm -hmm. that was everybody's original thought right oh my and mm -hmm. it's proven it goes up but then it showed you have to stay on very very long and it goes back down right yeah kind of a super long time um 18 20 weeks i don't know so that mm -hmm. was originally um yeah very originally um uh do you want me to go into the full explanation no i just w wanted to know why you change your minds and then if you mm -hmm. now like so, longer cycles or what is your philosophy nowadays still the short cycle so it so for the past many years, I, you know, you probably uh, just didn't know it's based off the androgen receptor uh, sensitivity is the mm -hmm. reason which really sold me on it because the milestone was like, OK, but then later on it goes back down to normal. But it was when I discovered the androgen uh, receptor uh, sensitivity because everybody who always posts, oh, look, initiation of androgens uh, sensitivity goes up at the receptors. But all yeah. those studies are just initiation. It's like, OK, where's eight weeks, where's 12 weeks, whatever. And then that's when I found the studies mm. that showed the eight-ish or plus weeks, whatever, where you initiate AAs, receptors go up. Oh, let's test again. And they, they, and they did uh, actual biopsy studies to actually like test the receptors. Okay. And the receptors returned back down to baseline as before when they started. So androgen expression went right back down to baseline. And that was um, that is my whole basis of uh, gain stopping at uh, week. That with the real world data, which, you know, some people semi-refute with, you know, like there's Anvar and even DECA. Many people don't know this is a study on DECA for 12 weeks. Again, the strength and the size gain stopped at week six and just plateaued. Just stalled out. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think that's like partially like nitrogen retention and, and water retention, that kind of stuff? Because, of course, the muscle gets a certain amount of swell initially within the four, first four to six weeks. And then once the swelling has kind of peaked, then the rest is just slow and steady muscle growth. And we can take one of those myostatin inhibitors, ACE031 <clears throat> and ACE083 as an example, where they just do one shot intramuscularly or subcutaneously. And then, you know, you get a lot of swelling and inflammation and muscle growth, and it's very dramatic. But then six weeks later, it goes away again. The, the net muscle gain after coming off ACE031 or ACE083 is uh, higher than baseline, but not as impressive as running it, which is actually very simple as steroids. So you stop yeah. it. Yeah, in, and, and the nitrogen retention and the electrolyte retention and the water retention, it all goes away, and you're left with a net amount of actual muscle tissue, which comes back super fast if you go on cycle again. Like you get this this four to six week like bliss point where you get fucking strong and fucking big, and like, oh, these gains are never going to stop, and then suddenly <laughs> it stops, you know? So... <clears throat> Uh, there's two points that because that, that is the one everybody uh, oh, that is a argument everybody says and I fully take that to account because we absolutely know even even Anavar look at the studies on Anavar the um, uh, the, the uh, fluid increase in glycogen is is a shit ton most people think Anavar is just I mean Anavar is a lean drug but you are getting fullness in the muscle like it, it, it yeah. is a lot. And so that is that is even something I account for. Absolutely, within those first couple of weeks, you're gaining so much glycogen and water in that fullness. Um, and then people argue, look, let's say these people did gain 10 pounds of actual muscle tissue for six weeks too. Oh, hey, you would need more calories also to continue going. Um, so there is two points um, which uh, keeps me in the short cycle camp. Uh, mm -hmm. For the real world application here, 
is I've had so many people where it's like, hey, let's add in 2000 fucking calories because, you know, before, oh, let's try a thousand, let's try this. Hey, let's go 2000 calories a day. Let's just pound that food and see what's going on. Still, the, the gains are just so freaking almost non-existent. And then the other thing I, I factor in with that is that, so we do know come eight weeks or whatever, the receptor sensitivity has returned to baseline. There's a really neat study that they're looking at where why do some people have amazing gains to resistance training and some people have little gains? And they showed that the serum hormones didn't matter. So if you had great sensitivity, but low serum hormones, you could make amazing gains. And the people yeah, who had true. high serum hormones and low uh, receptor sensitivity, that they had the worst gains. So those are basically the two main factors where I, where I apply here. And here's the thing. The study also didn't say gain stop uh, come six weeks. But they said the increase anabolic effect from um receptor sensitivity is now gone and what they netted was was uh they still had um higher nitrogen retention and more of an anti-catabolic effect so it's basically saying the gains don't stop at six weeks but they slowed you don't have Stall, yeah. that mm -hmm. as much anabolism as you did so basically the the philosophy then is you go on cycle for a couple of weeks you take the androgens away to kind of increase androgen sensitivity yeah similar to a mini diet where you take the insulin away, you take the carbs away and you increase insulin sensitivity, right? That's that's yep. basically the same thing. And then you reintroduce it at the same amount, uh, but then you get better results. Yeah. That's okay. The, that's basically it, right? That's the basic. Now, 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 yeah. I want to know, do you think that adding in these myostatin inhibitors would allow you to run a cycle longer? So you take folosatin isoforms or A031, A083, BGE, well, I got them on the screen right here. Uh, 105, uh, Trevor Groomup, Garatosmup, <laughs> and B, B Magroomup. No, I don't know where these fucking names are coming you, from. But use the like real names. Use the real names. Don't weird. make They're them up. All, they're, no, I'm not making them up. Know, it's know, all undergoing clinical trials. <laughs> in, in human subjects. <laughs> that, in human subjects, dude. So yeah. here's, the, here, here's the, the part, I guess, where we're also... Um, at, well, no, we're not because we do know um, there is, so same with the study. So mm -hmm. on the studies for androgen receptor sensor sensitivity, basically it equaled out that you need it two weeks at um, HRT slash below HRT, whatever. You, you need it low levels. You didn't need, you know, you couldn't, as long as your levels were high, you weren't recovering. I believe the myostatin study I can't remember. I haven't read that myostatin study in like 15 years now. Um, I believe the, the myostatin study, it was also something like two weeks. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like two weeks. I for think so. Yeah, it was a really re short reversal period. Yeah, yeah I, I think it was too. Um, so, in the, you know, let's say that'd be based off our Easter's. If you're on the long Easter, you have, depending on the dose, too, you might need three weeks of it to get to normal, then an extra two weeks of it at normal for you to start to have that recovery. So, um mm -hmm. How much of that gain inhibiting effect is myostatin and how much is the androgen receptor content? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is also, a, 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 that's a big one we we don't know. So that's why it's like, hey, I'm sticking to the short cycles and reverse them both. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess we do know how important myostatin is because we've seen those drugs in trials when people get real myostatin inhibitors or in animals, we do see how powerful well, we see significant are. changes and then you start sourcing them and you realize it costs you five thousand dollars a month <laughs> i can buy a lot of growth hormone and increlix for that <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was the other thing when you were saying um you know there's 
so many uh, neat looking drugs and where I kind of just like, I'm not even going to bother or, or spend that time yet Can't looking even get into some of them. Can't yeah. even get them. Because we know what works. We know yeah. what somebody's taken to get to your size example, to mm. uh, Aaron's size example. And, yeah. uh, you know, we don't know what Ronnie Coleman or so-and-so took, but it's like, from everything we know of anybody who's gotten to an appreciable size, this and that, we know, like, there's not some special, like, you know, people want to think, it, oh, it's because they use 10 grams test and this and that. It's like, no, look, there's a million people on forums on three grams test, two grams trend, and they're 180 pounds. Like, if yeah. that was the key that we would have a lot of Ronnie Coleman's. It's just response, you know, and work ethic. I mean, I I, I sent Aaron over to you, right? Or he decided to go with you for, for a cycle, and he made phenomenal gains. You know, you changed his diet, you gave some recommendations regarding the drugs, and he made phenomenal gains. And then he tore his fucking hamstring wrestling. And I told him, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I know, dude, dude. He, when we started... Um, because you know, doing doing uh, you know, Muay Thai or Bog, I can't remember what he was doing in the beginning. Like you burn a lot of calories doing that, right? When we started, because I gave him a lot of food. Like the first week, mm -hmm. he wasn't going up in weight, and he's like, "Oh, oh!" And he told me he did uh, maybe a class or two. I can't remember. And I'm like, "Dude, come on! That's so much calories burned. Like save yeah. that till after. Just don't do that." <laughs> but as you're saying, he's an example, though. Look how big yeah. he's got. He's gotten so far. He would, no mm -hmm. matter what, if he trained appropriately didn't do a hundred sets or didn't do just one set of workout if he ate appropriately didn't you know eat a thousand calories ate an appropriate amount like he's no matter what is would you know you no matter what gain you know yeah. what i mean like it's mm -hmm. and that's the same with everybody if you be that like you know not to extreme ends of stupidity like you you gain you know yeah i mean as long as you put it to work you're yeah. gonna gain some muscle tissue you know but some people gain more than others it's, it's, I mean, I used to be bigger than Aaron. It, it, that used to be, you know, yeah. and then he blew right past me and I'm small and I'm only <laughs> 96 kilos. <laughs> I could be, I could be 125 kilos if I wanted to, but yeah. I, I don't think I want to anymore. I'm too old for that shit, dude. Too old. It, it, hurt. It's the same, same with me. Why I, well, I was serious when I didn't know shit when I was like 17 to my earliest 20s. You know, I was serious mm -hmm. and that was when I was doing everything so wrong. And then after just going so hard trying to make it work and that was when i just like you know burnt out and it's like you, like you have to be a certain type of human to want to eat that much food and consistently and not mm. take your breaks you know what i mean and i feel like most people can't admit to themselves they don't have it they'll be like yeah i can eat whatever five or six meals a day non-stop and it's like they do it for a few weeks and then they're like you know they start missing meals but i can do it i could do it for years yeah. I could fucking do it for years, but it's not only about me anymore. You know, I'm yeah. married. Well, I got cats. So yeah, I got babies <laughs> on the way. Hopefully, it's it's. I can't. I, I don't have the time. Yeah. I, I I have all the drive, dude. I train harder than yeah. anybody else in the gym. I'm off everything I, besides the growth hormone and the IGF one, and and the HCG. I still use a little bit of shit here and there, um, but my my training intensity hasn't come down. Just just like right below what I can recover from. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you yeah, got to so. the size you got, you know what I mean? That was a very, mm. uh, appreciate you, you're not Ronnie Coleman, but you're that mm. very, very, you know, there's that level where, and you had good shape and everything too. I mean, yeah. you still do, you know what I mean? You got to that level. That is oh, a level that most everybody wants. And it's like, um, where was I going with this? Um, that it's at most people don't have it. And you know, it, to, yeah, this is where I was going with it. You got to that size. You, you obviously had it in. Most people don't have it in to even get to where you no. got, right? 
And then you said, you say I took two ampules of tests and some insulin, some growth hormone, <laughs> but I ate all day, every day. And I shit twice per day. <laughs> you do, you ran so much gear. I'd, I only ran high dosages when I was cutting during yeah. the off season, I would run fuck all, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. It, it, I um, went through my stint thinking too, um, er, early mid twenties, especially when GH 15 came out. And then yeah. I, I read some stuff here and there and I was like, maybe that's a key G 15 eat when you're hungry and take high dose. And I'm like, why not? Let's try it out. And then I tried it out. Nothing, absolutely nothing. I'm on no, mega no, the same. You just got leaner, yeah. leaner. Yeah. And then you do your I, blood work and you're like, what the fuck? I got a little <laughs> bit harder. That was it. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that form is offline now. Thank thank. Oh, it is. I yeah. It's offline. That. Yeah. Okay. About a year already. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's gone. Thank God. Uh, how, how many how many kidney failures uh, did that form bring forward? Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> hey, like, the uh, three hundred trend a day, and I can't even remember what else. Yeah, F fifty nine UGH minimum. That was the minimum mm -hmm. that to enter the pro level. Yeah, I think that whole sport was designed just to put money in the pockets of the sources, and there were some good sources there. Don't get me wrong, there were some fucking legit sources there, but I mean, everybody spent way too much money on their sources because they thought that that was what is required you know yeah. two grams of boldenone and a gram of train and, and and a gram of test yeah and all the gh you can afford so it's not much money left if you're spending all your money on steroids and then especially gh15 pushing some is like no you're only gonna go pro if you get real gh and this this uh source has the best gh on the board you gotta use this source and 59 007 the minimum <laughs> 007 and strango <laughs> strango, <laughs> strango. Strango hey, I'll tell you this. I, I got so, I got some primo from Strango, and yeah. it was fucking good. It was fucking good. <laughs> he was the number one the whole time, wasn't he, Strango? I, I think GH fifteen and Strango were the same guy. Yeah, pro probably right. Like there's because that because that was his number one, right? The whole time yeah. it was like Strango. Strango. <laughs> and in the uh, beginning on on Get Big, he was like, uh, "Don't talk about Strango because he's only <laughs> domestic." And and then suddenly Strango just. Uh, got a fuck he made a fuck load of money i think it's probably a different strango or, or you made yeah. a deal with him or something i don't know these are i'll have uh ryan root on friday who's one of the biggest steroid dealers in the united states yeah. uh he did time yeah he did time so i'll ask him see what he knows because <laughs> uh yeah i mean dude if you've been part of this industry you know all the shady shit that's going on behind uh, closed doors you know even yeah. when i went to las vegas this year there's like four people that follow my shit and they're all like steroid brewers. <laughs> That's funny. So they're all steroid brewers. Yeah. No, yeah. but it's because they watch my content on how yeah. to brew stuff. Like not that I know anything yeah. about home brewing, but which oils to avoid and which you, oh, you didn't mean you didn't mean labs. You meant like um for themselves, home brewers, like just regular. No, no, no. Yeah, the, I got the chemists that, that oh, okay. have like multi million dollar operations. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, super nice guys. That's yeah, funny. super nice, super friendly. Yeah, very generous. <laughs> nice cars. They're doing well. They're doing well. Yeah, you should come, man. One year. Uh, not, what, uh, yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was supposed to not. Yeah, Lyle uh, and Lyle Nile. Um, he wanted yeah. me to go 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 down there for uh, uh the uh, to do the podcast in person. And um, yeah, yeah, I need to um, yeah, I need to uh. Yeah, start um, doing do it. Some do more it. Of that it was stuff. I had a lot of fun, and, and in person, it's always so much better than doing it online, right? Because yeah. you can kind of you know play into each other and laugh and have a good time. And 
So yeah. I went on Nell's podcast one time uh, like this no, yeah. online, and then uh, a couple months ago or two months ago, I went on it uh, live at his home. Oh, you did and, do it in uh, person. I didn't even know you did it in person. With yeah, him. I did it in person. Okay. Yeah, and then he made uh, like all these reels out of it, and we got like, man, like hundred thousand views, eighty thousand views, hundred fifty thousand wow. views. Yeah, some of them are in viral. Yeah, because he, so he was mentioned cool. how much better it was in person because he mentioned how uh, you guys did the one um, like this. And he's like, you know, uh, didn't really take off because, you know, people, you know, they want to see that, you know, back and forth. Yeah, I want to see back and forth. Back and forth in person always does better than online. Yeah. It's it's uh, so you should be proud of yourself because we got 28,000 views doing this podcast the last time. And I'm sure oh, we yeah, got a fuck lot of views yeah. this time, which is more than the IFB pros I've done podcasts yeah? with. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this one, the information we uh, discuss and I, the, the flow and everything, uh, this one seems like it's, it's been a really good one. So I'm, I'm yeah, even though we that. took three fucking days to get everything set up, right? <laughs> now it's good. <laughs> well, it, it maybe wouldn't even happen today with what the. Uh, audio yeah. again eh? like fucking hell dude yeah. i'll try to get it out by tomorrow so is there oh, anything really? else you wanted to yeah i'll get it out by oh. tomorrow yeah um anything else you want to want to discuss for this uh, round oh, man i i should have wrote some things down because um you know i was just thinking those there's those two big topics that everybody just wanted to hear right and so i was mm -hmm. like um you know let's get those out which I, um people are gonna love that so um <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still I'm still not sure if Halo tested is like a sustainable idea. But if you if you can run no, but dude, if you can run an experiment yourself and and just combine that with blood work and semen analysis yeah. and that kind of stuff, and kind of prove well, to people five milligrams, ten milligrams, thirty milligrams, all for like four yeah. to six weeks in duration. Well, and, uh, and you don't get bald like I do, then then yeah. <laughs> point proven, you know. It's been a few months, um, and I've been acquiring different little blood work because you know asking somebody hey go all do this do this so i've been acquiring it's been a few months where i've had uh those few groups of people uh i don't know like i said maybe a dozen of people on it that they've been going on and off of it um so yeah and then so yeah um you know you yeah, started acquiring their blood work and getting that up because i well i'm gonna do it too but it you know in a couple months we'll have to recover and you know like get busy stuff, so. get busy for yeah. time <laughs> Come on, dude. Yeah. I remember when we had this conversation, we we're so excited about the stuff that you found. And I told you, make a video first so nobody takes credit for your shit. That has happened many, many times already. And the same as me. So yeah. you gotta you gotta put it out there yourself first. And then um, you know, you you discuss some of this on Dave uh, Dave Palumbo's podcast. The, the, yeah, the uh, hair safe um TRT aspect, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So so now all the beans are spilled on my channel. But yeah. you could have gotten all those AdSense revenue yourself if you just had a video ready. <clears throat> the way the way I was looking at it, as I said, it's like if I post it, my 2K followers on IG, 5K, whatever on YouTube, I'm like just going to reach those people. You know what I mean? And they might not share it as much. Meanwhile, you know, I go on you at least. I have that. Let's say it's 30K views, whatever. It's like mm -hmm. I get I get those more. Yeah, I, I don't even care about that. You know, that AdSense. I just wanted to hit that more more people than, than than i would be able to on my own basically so yeah, like, you need you all know. those consultations and they're, yeah. they're coming from, <laughs> from yeah. the podcast <laughs> yeah uh. it's so funny it's every time i have you on and i'm sure that it, your inbox is flooded a couple of weeks afterwards yeah when we did that first one um yeah yeah that that that, that was a big one but you, my main focus is i just you know i, I want to get those subs i want to get you know i, I want to grow i want to get a decent amount of subs so I can start snowballing faster, right? Keep posting daily content like you kept telling me mm -hmm. to, and then just, you know, let it snowball. Do it. Just, 
Yeah. Do it, just do it every day or every couple of days. I mean, I mean, we need more educators that have walked the walk. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of educators out there, but I mean, you and me, we've been doing this for, for over a decade since yeah. before the GH15 days we've been doing yeah. this. And uh, and there's not so many people who are well versed in scientific evidence and, and with the, with the body of knowledge behind them. And, and, and it's a lot of I, the same info that people just yeah. keep repeating. No, no. The, but the problem is, if you bring something new forward, as you'll yeah. see, that nobody cares. Yeah, it's, I brought so much less. new information forward, and then and you get like you know half the views. Like even on the carrier oil deep dive, which I mentioned multiple times, but this was like the most definitive. 52 yeah. minutes deep dive with all the info like yeah. fucking good it was i was really proud of that one no views but the people because people don't want to don't want to know it's, i'm sure yeah i'm sure that you know though the people you do admit is i don't want to say higher more open mind or something like that 100 no no the smart people will fucking yeah. watch <laughs> and you'll hit and you'll hit them harder too they'll be like wow man like thanks like this was you know what i mean is going to help me and this and that you at least you know you kind of hit them harder i guess right and yeah i had a couple notable people in the fitness industry reach out after i released that one. Oh, i never really thought about this yeah and I, i've been talking about this for years just like you've been talking about certain things for years but then you need you need the accolades in the form of a subscriber account so now i got a hundred thousand subs yeah. or over with that little check mark yeah. And that somehow adds more perceived value, even though the message <laughs> yeah. is exactly the fucking same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Out of fucking, I just got 100,000 subs. He must be smart. No, I'm mean, yeah, just I as know, smart man. as I was like five years ago. Well, I mean, yeah, a little yeah. bit smarter. But now yeah. I got this perceived value of, it's like a double D tits on a woman. Doesn't <laughs> mean she has a great personality, but she's got big tits. Yeah, exactly. So. Like a big which, tits which reminds me, I've been meaning to checking into getting the blue check mark too, because. You see yeah. it, and it, it just looks, it looks like professional or something, you know, you're like, that. yeah, he's credible. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. 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 Even though I only talk about jerks. Now that was the first <laughs> thing I did. I got like a hundred thousand subs and then yeah. I refreshed every four hours, like yeah. that study about the, the, the esters every four yeah. hours. I refreshed the, the page on YouTube where I could apply for the check mark. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because it, you know, every... the better, the faster it is, the better. Yeah. And now I see it on other YouTube channels that I have like 300,000 views or 500,000, yeah. 300,000 subs or 500,000 subs. They don't have the check mark because they never applied for it. That's I'm like, yeah, at least I'm ahead <laughs> there. And I got yeah, verified you... in like 30 minutes or two hours or something. So that's that was funny. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you'll need to get a hundred thousand subs so fucking get busy, Tyne. I'm not gonna tell you again for the next podcast. <laughs> I know. I, if you see, I've been I haven't been posting the past few days because uh, doing the podcast. No excuse, but yeah, I'm, mm. I'll be posting like every day. I, I'm sticking to it. Good, good, yeah, good. And then make sure you have good production volume. Uh, yeah. production value because ah, that, yeah. that that's required nowadays. Otherwise, people just cut off. You know, unfortunately. I I, I I've noticed. I, I even when I'm when I'm watching a video that it's like the video or the audio you just want to click off so i, I know yeah. what you mean i noticed that yeah no that's why i'm so anal about all my setups and stuff where can uh, where can people find you um uh, my first name my web uh website www.tiain.com t-a-e-i-a-n or in instagram youtube facebook all the same tiain clark snapchat no snapchat do you <laughs> use snapchat no, yeah, too old yeah. for that shit, dude. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I, you and me both are too old for Instagram and TikTok, but eventually it's like 
right? Yeah, I have you to. to I'm even on TikTok, but I don't grow there. But so in, as long as you got Instagram, YouTube, and a website, I yeah. think you're covered. Yeah, I never you know, wanted to get Instagram for the longest time, but I was like, I gotta. Because yeah, MySpace and Facebook. Oh man, those are the worst. <laughs> those are the worst. All right, so guys, I'll put all these links down below. Thanks so much for coming on. This was great. Thanks for your insights. And uh, when you got something new, uh, make the video and then come on my podcast first. I'll so you can, uh, yeah. to all the, all the steroid lovers and all the performance enhancing drug connoisseurs, they would love to know what is new. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Have a great evening. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Steve. Take care, buddy. Bye.